Going to school in America can be hard. Good luck with that, kids. <laughs> You're listening to Bricolage. Truth, comedy, politics. With your host, Lev. On this episode of Bricolage, we get a glimpse into the future and a blast from the past, courtesy of Grandpa Joe Biden. And I convinced my wife to sit down and talk to me before and after our wedding in a segment that will likely be cited as evidence in future divorce proceedings. Plus, trivia with Josh Ellis. But first, sponsors. This episode of Bricolage is brought to you by Landline, a new bar in Williamsburg from the owners of Uncle Barry's Moot Bar and Watershed. Landline, a new bar right next to the Grand Street L-Stop. Also by Subway Restaurants, because of course we're baking fresh bread constantly. It smells like bread for two blocks in every direction because it's a real natural thing that we're doing. Subway and that industrial strength bread smell. It just makes sense. And finally, this episode of Bricolage is brought to you by Michelin Tires. The best rubber, the best grip, and the best tread in the business. Michelin Tires. We have no idea why we also rank restaurants. Mr. Vice President, I want to come to you and talk to you about inequality in schools and race. In a conversation about how to deal with segregation in schools back in 1975, you told a reporter, I don't feel responsible for the sins of my father and grandfather. I feel responsible for what the situation is today, for the sins of my own generation. And I'll be damned if I feel responsible to pay for what happened 300 years ago. You said that some 40 years ago. But as you stand here tonight, what responsibility do you think that Americans need to take to repair the legacy of slavery in our country? Well, they have to deal with the, the look, there is institutional segregation in this country. And from the time I got involved, I started dealing with that. Redlining, banks, making sure that we are in a position where, look, we talk about education. I propose that what we take is those very poor schools, the Title I schools, triple the amount of money we spend from 15 to 45 billion a year, give every single teacher a raise to the equal raise of getting out the $60,000 level. Number two, make sure that we bring in to help the, student, the, the teachers deal with the problems that come from home. The problems that come from home, we, need, we have one school psychologist for every 1,500 kids in America today. It's crazy. The teachers are required. I'm married to a teacher. My deceased wife is a teacher. They have every problem coming to them. We have make sure that every single child does, in fact, have three, four, and five-year-olds go to school. School, not daycare, school. We bring social workers into homes of parents to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't, want, they don't know quite what to do. Play the radio, make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. A kid coming from a very poor school, a, a very poor background, will hear four million words fewer spoken by the time they get there. There's Thank so you, much, we, no, I'm, I'm gonna go like the rest of them do, twice over, okay? Because, because here, here's the deal. The deal is that we've got this a little backwards. And by the way, in Venezuela, we should be allowing people to come here from Venezuela. I know Maduro. I've confronted Maduro. Number two, you talk about the need to do something in Latin America. I'm the guy that came up with $740 million. 
to see to it those three countries, in fact, change their system so people don't have a chance to leave. You're all acting like we just discovered this yesterday. Thank, Thank you, Mr. You Vice much. President. <clears throat> Alarm off. Good morning, Ethan. Today is Saturday, June 14th. 2049. Would you like to hear the news? No. What is my calendar today? You have nothing on your calendar today. You were supposed to go to base camp 8 with Julia this weekend, but she broke up with you. Would you like to replay the conversation? No. Shit. No, of course not. I know. Should I jump off a fucking bridge today? No. President Miley Cyrus's orders remain in effect. You are not permitted to go outdoors. It is still too hot, and the summer acid rain showers are at their peak. Yeah, 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 I know. I know. Tell me sports scores. There were three mass shootings at the indoor baseball facility. Uh, 248 are dead. 674 wounded. Scores! Scores! Sports scores, not news. The Great Conflagration continues to prevent most sports from being played. I can tell you about the WWE, Ethan. Mm. Oh, God. Just, 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 just kill me now. I would be happy to help with this. How would you like to die, Ethan? Ethan? Time for Breakerize Trivia with Josh Ellis. Now here's the question. The Flying Dutchman, Iron Man, and Captain Clutch are all nicknames of famous baseball players who played which position? Once again, the Flying Dutchman, Iron Man, and Captain Clutch are all nicknames of famous baseball players who played which position? Not much of an intro required here. My guest on this episode of Bricolage has many names. She goes by Vicky or Liz or Mrs. Bricolage but she's also my wife and my muse. So Liz, we are getting married in four days. How does that make you feel? Uh, I don't know anymore. It's been a journey, huh? Are you as anxious as I am? (laughs) This is weird, right? I don't know how anxious you are. Also, how many people are interviewed by their fiance the week they're getting married and like a podcast show this is totally normal i don't know why you're <laughs> acting like it's weird <laughs> are you how many people are told at the end of a long monday the week of their wedding no 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 we're going into the studio to record now the studio yeah we're in aka our music our room, office <laughs> which doesn't have a desk yet aka our shitty little closet of a room our nook in our sketchy brownstone with our weird landlord <gasps> I feel like this is the first thing you're going to bring up in the divorce proceedings. (laughs) How does it feel to know that you will never have sex with anyone other than me? Is this how you're getting your feelings out? Are we going to like have a therapy session via your podcast right now? Is that what we're doing? Is this like where you ask all the things that are going through your mind because it's safe because it's the podcast? What does that mean? You're like, what would you say if I told you that a certain man is afraid (laughs) of getting married? What would your advice to meet him like this is not so subtle i'm not afraid are you afraid i'm not afraid i'm not afraid yeah it's weird i'm not afraid i definitely have like nerves like nervous anxiety i think you'll find this comforting i was getting a little nervous and she said your mom said this well 
it's illogical, i.e. marriage. Yeah, she's right. And I was just like, wow, that was the first time my mom like broke the facade of like, yay, yay, wedding, wedding, yay. Yeah. She was like, well, it's not logical. What's not logical? Like just the idea that Getting two married. beings would choose humans perpetual crave monogamy. adventure. Well, it's not all that perpetual unless you think you're going to live forever. Well, I'm pretty into this life. So it's kind yeah. of like. That's it. I think that is great advice from your mom. But everybody does it, like secular, religious, rich, poor. And it's not just for tax benefits. There is something alluring about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like all the, the research about the animals. When people say, like, we're animals. We weren't meant to meet for life. But then someone's like, but the penguins. And there's, like, the penguins. <laughs> and then there's other animals that do it. And... I know bonobos have gay sex in the wild. I'm not sure yeah. if that contributes to this argument or harms oh, it. I never saw the March of the Penguins. Bonobos are trotted out for fat. I never saw March of the Penguins. Am I missing? Maybe we should watch March of the Penguins the night before our wedding. As long as there's weed, I'm potentially interested. Uh, Oh, no. Red flag number one. What are some other red flags that you spotted along the way with me? It's not a red flag. It's just, it's like, (laughs) I'm trying to have like a night of March of the Penguins and like serious looking into your eyes and being like, we're the Penguins (laughs) and you want to just get high. Do you think it's weird that all of our marriage Married friends act like it's inevitable and like they the way they They just want us talk. to join the club. Yes. We make them uncomfortable. We do. Now I get uncomfortable about our certain unmarried friends who don't seem like they're going to marry because I'm like, are they just cooler than us? Right. Are they just like more enlightened? Right. I will not name said unmarried friends, but I have a few in mind. And if you're listening to this, you know who fuck you, are. you. Get married. And you're so cool and whatever. But like, I mean, I have nothing to say. I guess I'm really insecure about it. I am too. But don't you think that like the single unmarried ones No, I'm not talking about my single friends who are single and doing fine but would love to meet someone. I'm talking about people who are in relationships and are happy not to be married and are like not even thinking about it. Right, right, right. There aren't a lot of them but they're there and they're like oh, that's interesting. So what do they know that we don't know? What have they figured out? Well, they know it's illogical but But they're not marching along with the penguins. We knew that. We've known for a long time that it's illogical before we ever met each other. You've told me that you had that realization there are certain things that society does that it's like um, the Churchill quote about democracy. It's like the worst system except for all the others. I yeah. feel like marriage is maybe the worst system except for all the others. Somewhere a Chinese Communist Party official <laughs> is appalled by what you just said. I don't care. I mean, I like that metaphor a lot, except that all the stereotypes go that the male loses all of his autonomy when he gets married. Hmm. I mean, the woman loses stuff too people lose oh they both do but i'm just saying the stereotype is that you like, mean like a p- being pussy whipped sure that's what the stereotype is are you afraid but of that, that would be a, of like a man in a relationship so it wouldn't have to do right. with marriage right i'm already pussy whipped you are are you afraid that people will say that you about don't smoke us weed as much. <laughs> <laughs> now you have that bug-eyed look on your face <laughs> the woman loses autonomy t- it's not about the man or the woman like losing autonomy stereotypically and it happens when you're in a long-term relationship too it's like suddenly you're we it's weird to be expressing yourself in your life as a we from now on people feel like maybe with the marriage it like solidifies it that's you all. had mentioned to me and and i very much sympathized with what you said that 
getting married, even if it's been inevitable, even if it's everything you've always wanted, especially with me, because I'm super cool. Yes, there's are. this idea that like, maybe in 2022, like you're destined to move to the New Hampshire wilderness and like write the new no, well, I've been Rachel Carson book. I've been thinking this a lot. It's not about the destiny. It's not like I'm choosing this path and I'm like avoiding my real destiny. It's actually something weirder and like, a little bit harder to describe. Your whole life, you have this idea that you have all these possibilities. And it's just an idea. It's true. And every choice you make, you actually are narrowing the possibilities. Like our choice is to go to law school and our choice is to live in New York as opposed to moving to another city like where we would meet a whole network of people. Now it's a lot harder to move to a new city. You have these possibilities. But in reality, they're not possibilities, really. In reality, you're making choices. They're illusory. But the idea that you have them is very nice feeling, I think. You could move to Oregon tomorrow. You probably won't, but you really could. And when you're married or when you have kids or whatever, you feel a little less like you could. You definitely couldn't. You couldn't without talking to your spouse. Right. And it's like... Do you want to move to Oregon? No, I don't, but I kind of love the the possibility in the back of my mind of going. It's like a big chance. And it's much easier to take that chance on your own because you don't risk anything except for hurting yourself. But if you take a chance with somebody, that's a lot harder because you risk hurting them, hurting your relationship, disappointing them. It's different. And again, all this is not really even in the question because like, I want to be with you. So it's not like getting married changes it, but I'm just saying, if I were to pick up tomorrow and go somewhere, I would only be risking myself. And that's like, that feels so easy to me. What's the mm-hmm. worst that could happen? I could fuck up my life. But like fucking up someone else's life. Or children. Or, or a child's knows. life. Like that. Oh, like that's no fun. It's another. <laughs> that's not fun to think about. <laughs> <laughs> fucking up your life is fun to think about. Fucking up my life is like, yeah, sometimes it's a little fun to think about like so taking a chance. Sometimes you got to fuck things up just to see what happens. Sometimes. But in reality, that's not really my personality anyway. I want to talk a little bit about some of the advantages for a woman to being married. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of activities and behaviors that single women engage in because of the patriarchal society or because they like looking good for other women or whatever the excuse is this week for the insane behavior that women as a society undergo. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Do you think that after you get married, I'm gonna you'll let stop myself go. shaving your legs, like stop worrying about... No. Like, like, how does that work? Like, what are you excited to at least like cut your hair short and get mom oh my jeans? Oh god, or? honey, I'm not like 50. <laughs> <laughs> this was actually a sad realization I had when I was sending, because you know, as you know, all the women in our family are getting their hair done with me, and I had to send the getting hairdresser. Their hair did, I had honey. to send the hairdresser a description of what they want. And it was all the moms. And I was like, their hair's short anyway. It's not going to be that long. Um, Yes. Is this the hairdresser? Hi, they're moms. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Don't spend too much time and don't charge me too much. Thank you. (laughs) But that is sort of what I was getting at. what it was. (laughs) 
about the letting myself go thing. I don't think I'll stop shaving. I like shaving because I don't like to feel the hairs on my legs. As you know already, I don't shave the top of my legs, which you've never really noticed, but all girls know. Well, men really don't care about hair on top of your head. My head? Yeah. You mean my legs? No, I was segueing back to the hair on the head thing. Oh. Men really don't care about that. So why is it? What do you mean they don't? Is there any advantage? Are you joking? Men care so much about that. I've brought up cutting my hair a few times to you, like not in seriousness, but I was just like joking, like maybe I'll cut my hair. And you've been like, what? How short? <laughs> I have another friend who shall not be named whose husband got mad at her. They've had fights about the ha- length of her hair. I don't really want to cut my hair, but I've had conversations with other men that go the same way. I say, oh, I might cut my hair. And they're like, what? Well, there's just something very youthful and exuberant about a woman with long hair. It depends on how short. I, I mean, if you went like shoulder like length, I'd be, be cool with that. I think men are like afraid that they're no longer going to be sexually attracted, but then they'll look at other women who have short hair and I think they probably find them very attractive. That's true, but I've always been into long hair. Yeah, that's what all men say. I wonder if you could talk some shit on other women because I find it very entertaining when you do. No, I'm not going to talk shit on other women. I will talk shit on the bride complex. Yeah, let's talk about that. Tell me about that. But I think a lot of it's built up in my head and da da da. I'm going to blame myself like all women. Instead of getting angry, you'll cry. Yeah, well, that's for sure. Instead of yelling, you'll cry. Yeah. The bride complex is really weird. It's like I have somehow felt, even though I don't subscribe to a lot of this, like, and I haven't been visualizing my wedding for years. I feel like I have to transform into somebody different for the wedding. I feel like I have to look 10 times skinnier and my hair has to be brighter and my skin has to be perfect. And I'm so happy you brought this up, by the way, because everything you're saying is true. Like my entire life, I said she has to be in a certain weight class. It's like it's like youth Greco-Roman wrestling. The woman you marry, That's like she feels. has to... Is it? I don't know why. It feels like you have to be a different person. You have to be like the movie star version of yourself. And of course, in a city like New York, it's also like does you, this go back to you wanting to move to Ohio and let no. yourself go <laughs> I don't want to let myself go but I also don't like New York there's all the options you could make yourself look like a movie star like you could get your teeth whitened you could get your your skin sprayed with a tanning spray which I decided to not do because I would have had to not move and potentially stain my sheets and not work out for like five days and it was just like this huge thing and have like this weird spray on me for like a week I told you about my hair extension exploration, yeah. which I was interested in until they were like, oh, well, I just have to go pick up the hair. You know, it's real hair. And I was like, right, where, where is it? come from the real human hair and they were like oh yeah it's shaved off of these women at temples somewhere in southeast asia women go to temples and (laughs) as a religious rite they shave their heads and then the hair is collected and then i started reading articles about how the hair is like de-liced and sorted and cleaned and sometimes there's like bloody pieces of scalp in with it oh my god and then it's like put on the international hair market where like blonde hair fetches like a ton of money i was like no i don't think I'm gonna do that. And now I sound like a like pretentious liberal, but I just, I do feel like the complex is real and it's weird. And then at the end of the day, I'm still me. And I feel like I'm mad at myself for not being some different person, like perfect bride lady. It's such a contrast. But I'm still you, myself. It's such a contrast though, because you always wanted a wedding, I assume, mm-hmm. that represented who you are, right? Like that's what the wedding industrial complex is really geared towards. It's like, Sally, you can have a wedding that's yours. 
flowers, Sally, because you're a unique, special flower. I know, but I think, and this may intersect with my possibilities point, maybe a lot of who I am is aspirational. Isn't that for everybody? And that Everybody's It is, but I think, I think that's what plays in a negative way into the wedding industrial complex, because I'm like, oh my God, okay, so what do I have to be for this? Okay, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. Sure. It's much more about like the messages I've gotten from like society and women in my life and, and women, so honestly, much just... more than men, much more than men. Much more than straight men. I told you, I had multiple friends ask me if I was planning to lose weight and how for my wedding. I mean, these are friends, people who purport to be my friends. You don't need to lose any weight. Thanks, honey. Well, it's too late now. (laughs) The stress and anxiety that women cope with and must necessarily internalize and, and, I mean, just the frustrations of 33 years of never feeling like you were whatever. I would say 20 years. It started about 13. Yeah, and that seems pretty common when you got bat mitzvahed. Yep. <laughs> in, uh, if I bought mitzvah, you mean the first time mean boys at school teased me for being chubby? Yes. Oh. My induction into womanhood. What is the single most frustrating aspect of planning a wedding, of getting married, of getting engaged? I haven't been that frustrated at all with the whole thing, honestly. I think the like guest list is hard. And I think the like for the woman, I think the bridal expectations are hard or they were hard for me. Still are. <laughs> For me, the biggest issue was, like you said, figuring out what it is we wanted out of this. Like, do we want to just like not do all that and like just go to City Hall or, you know, have a destination or do something where we get out of the rat race a little bit? No, we don't. We want to have a big party and we want to celebrate with as many people as possible. And we want to bring together all these disparate groups from all parts of our life. And we want them all in one room under one roof. Now that we're doing that, I'm happy that we're doing that. There were many points along the way, including like last week where I was like, why didn't we just go to City Hall or whatever? But I'm really happy now that it's coming that we did the big wedding because I wanted a big wedding and I'm happy to be celebrating with everyone and yeah. you. I'm really excited to marry you. And I think that all of the anxieties that we have will probably melt away like the minute we're up there. Or I guess we're. I look down the aisle and you're walking down there. I don't think I'm going to be anxious at that moment. That will be like, it's already started. It's going. And I feel like from the moment it's boom going, I feel like I'm going to be like, woo, But you've said that it. you have anxiety about walking down the aisle because everybody oh, stands everyone up and Everyone stands turns. up and looks at you. Yeah, that's a little much. But we walk down, I walked down the aisle at a lot of weddings, like as a bridesmaid and it's not right. like such a big deal. But but you're right. Everyone's rare. looking at you. I've never been like the bride walking down. Everyone Every- stands up and just like looks at you and gives you like this frozen smile. But it is kind of weird though because like it's really kind of the only time when it's like okay to just like check out this chick like all of your dad's Honey, friends this is what I'm are talking just about like with the bride's industrial complex this is why it exists because people are like this is the one day in my life where everyone's gonna like check me out yeah so the wedding dress isn't for the groom but it is yeah it's interesting it's not really no it's not I mean I love you it is it is you're gonna like it I think you're gonna like it but I think you'd like a lot of dresses I put on I think if you see me in a dress period a white dress sentence I've never seen you in a white dress I had this conversation with a friend recently white long white is not that flattering 
boring on most people. Is that true? Yeah, it's well, it's not a good color. I don't what know color why. should be black in yeah, your or red? World. Like a a bright color. That's like, China, right? Yeah, that is China. Yeah. You said this to me before. You've been like, I'm going to look at you coming down the aisle towards me. You're the woman I love and you're going to be in a pretty dress. Of course, I'm going to be like super happy. Yeah. It's mostly for the other people. It's for you and like like and women you and know like, to like come up and be me like, and like, oh my, my God. frenemies who are like, <laughs> yeah, like my frenemies who are like, you look so good. <laughs> you don't have any frenemies. I have like a couple. You have a couple frenemies you know, who are coming wink, to the wedding. Wink. You know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're gonna close it there. This podcast <laughs> will continue on the other side of the break, but when we come back, we will have been married already. now the brother of the bride will offer a reminder to us all of the world in which we live we're all going to be consumed by boiling seawater in about 40 years so just enjoy the night that's true that's true isn't it exciting to think about what the future holds for eric and liz will there be an animal or a child or maybe a podcast so much high quality content to look forward to and on this day where the possibilities are endless I will now attempt to prognosticate on what your marriage will look like. I will state three very important characteristics. He has a rare ability to appeal to a broad audience without feeling watered down. Physically, Eric is an impressive specimen. (laughs) He runs marathons and generally exists in a state of natural caffeination. The second quality Eric will offer you is perseverance. Eric makes people feel special. So Liz, your marriage will ultimately have laughter and perseverance, but even more than that, you will always be made to feel special. I first met Liz when we were freshmen at Friends Academy. I couldn't wait to get to know the girl who was the winner of Funniest Girl in the 8th grade Friends Academy yearbook. Liz definitely has lived up to this superlative. Not only is she funny, but she has a spectacular sense of humor. She's always down for a good bit and doesn't take things or herself too seriously. When Liz and I met, I can also remember being in classes with her and always being taken back at how intelligent she is. In our group of friends, we tend to tease each other a little bit, and honestly, we can't really come up with much for Liz, so sometimes we just tease her for being so smart. Eric, I can only imagine what your conversations are like, and I think you can agree that your life with Liz will be anything but boring. She listens and offers advice. She loves deeply and is loyal. You can count on her to be there for you to help you through the toughest of times, as I know that she has done for me. As I reflect, I can't help but think, gosh, I wish I was marrying Liz. I love how much we laugh together, Lizzie. We've got more silly songs and dance moves and inside jokes than a gaggle of teenage mean girls. Our nicknames have nicknames and our recurring characters have already transcended their catchphrases. You anticipate my thoughts and you calm my nerves and I hope I will always do the same for you. It's not an exaggeration to say that my life changed the day I met you. Anyone who knows you knows that your energy lights up the room while you lit up my life. Every day has more hope and possibility in it for me now and laughter because of you. By the power vested in me and the internet, I declare you husband and wife. And now we have reached the pivotal part of the ceremony with the breaking of the glass. So Eric wanted me to note that although he wanted a secular ceremony, he and Liz wanted to include this tradition. There will also be a horror at some point in the night, at which point all Judaism will be over for the weekend. (laughs) 
and the foreseeable future. So the breaking of the glass is actually a beautiful tradition which Jews have been engaged in for thousands of years. Interestingly, if this wedding had taken place a few hundred years ago, the glass would have been broken immediately after family had received a standard 50 mule exchange for their daughter, and immediately before someone was ceremonially stoned for eating shellfish. Thankfully, we live in a more evolved world where we just do the other things in private. So this tradition is an oldie but a goodie, and it's actually pretty depressing as Jews are supposed to recall the destruction of both temples. It's a way of remembering the tragedy of Jerusalem, even at the happiest hour. So um, Eric and Liz, actually all couples, when you are lying in the arms of your loved one later tonight, please take a moment and look at your lover and think of the destruction of the temple. But for real, <laughs> and this is the most important part, I'm going to say something and the last word's going to be Liz. So last word's Liz. Then glass will be broken. You say Mazel Tov, all right? Ladies and gentlemen, my rabbinical skills are clearly lacking, so I'm just going to take a page from a boss and tell you that I am so glad to introduce, for the first time, the heart-stopping, earth-shocking, earthquaking, heart-breaking, air-conditioner-shaking, history-making, Squarespace website, offer code-taking, legendary bride and groom, Eric and Liz. The question was, the Flying Dutchman, Iron Man, and Captain Clutch are all nicknames of famous baseball players who played which position? If you're not familiar with the nicknames, you may know their real names. Aunus Wagner, Cal Ripken Jr., and of course Derek Jeter. All shortstops. Okay, we are back. It is now January 2019. Not only have we been married, but we've also been on our honeymoon. And we've had a baby. No, we have not had a baby. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> on the off chance that any of our parents are listening to this, we do not have any children. Do not like show up to the house looking to claim them. How was the wedding? We got married. We got married. What was that like for you? It was great. I have to admit, the week of the wedding is pretty scary. Prior to the wedding, you're like, well, of course I'm going to marry this woman. And of <laughs> course, this is going to be great. And our friends and family and all of those beautiful things. And then as you get to the week of, you cannot help but feel this pervasive sense of whoa. Keanu yeah. Reevesism. Just whoa. Like there cans. is. Cans. <laughs> it was cans. Cans. <laughs> <laughs> But it does get a little surreal. And then you and I have talked about the wedding industrial complex being a real yeah. thing. In retrospect, what would you have done differently? Ooh. So I think I would have had either the wedding we had, which was amazing and awesome in every way, or no wedding. And I think like no wedding has to be up there and has to be given <laughs> serious consideration. Because like... The no wedding option is a solid option. It saves you a shit ton of money and you maybe find a way to like celebrate at a bar with your friends. You go to city hall, you know, you, you, the lower key thing. Yeah. But it's just hard to do anything in between. And I think we definitely wanted a wedding. So I'm really glad we did what we did. It was awesome. It was amazing and like wonderful and beautiful. My only regret about it is that I can't go back and re-experience it over and over and over again, which I feel like for the money we pay, we should be able to have like at least 10. We've we should be able to go this. back at least 10. 
10 times and relive it. Like, click not a button. To, not to have 10 different no, events. No, 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 no. Like, to have click one a button, event like Black that, Mirror style yes. and go back yes, and, like, I do it hang again. Out. I want to just, like, yeah. hang out in places that I didn't get to hang out There in. should be a Black Mirror about, like, wedding industrial complex. Reliving your wedding? Like, the oh. wedding industrial complex in the future. Yeah. And, like, what wedding it's planners have niche. come to. Now that it's all over, do you feel like there's something you wish somebody had told you before the wedding happened before proposal before the wedding that just is advice you would give to others but advice that you yourself did not receive i wish someone had told me really to disregard all of the shit that everyone else does for their wedding because i definitely felt i put a lot of pressure on myself to like feel like or be like or think like the perfect bride the quote-unquote perfect bride and i knew i wasn't that person who was like looking at wedding blogs and like who had dreamed of the perfect wedding her whole life but then i sort of felt the pressure to be that person and like look at pinterest and have the perfect hair and have the perfect makeup and have the perfect dress and have the perfect body for it and like all of these things that are so you say to yourself like I'm above, like above that but you're not and I wish that someone had sort of just told me like you really don't need to do that to be fair I think I did tell you that but you told me I think I needed like another woman to tell me because you were like super happy with us getting married and what that meant and I was too it was more like I was just like what are all these other people's expectations and I wanted to like be some like fairy princess and like be for that day be worthy of the event there's some like weird like perverseness there it's like I have to be like worthy of this big spectacle and that means like making myself the most beautiful bride and if I feel like you know it all like Schlubby as a bride, like I have let everyone down. Schlubby is the name I gave to my penis, Shlubby by the way. Schlubby the bride. <laughs> oh, Schlubby the bride is yeah. the name I gave to my penis. <laughs> yeah, not the groom, just the bride. No, no, no. He gets married every day to my testicles. Yeah, okay. Yes. Anyways, Schlubby. Look, I think we've That's talked. That's a sweet nickname. I agree. Here's the things I remember about our wedding. I remember walking down the aisle and getting to the front of the aisle and then watching everybody walk down and then waiting for you to walk down and then watching you walk down. And that whole time was like the most nervous and tense that I think I've ever been. Yeah, I didn't have to... Actually, you got off... That's like one area where the groom... I'm sorry, I got off easy. The groom actually has the harder job. That is much more stressful. Like I would be really stressed if I was had to go down there and just watch everybody come in. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did get off. You got off like you came? <laughs> yes, I'm oh. sorry. No, that's You can't say things like that's got good. off. Yeah. Right. No, that's good though. Well, I had a, a special jizz catcher built into my suit. <laughs> <laughs> you jizzed over what your who was it? I had a jizz catcher. My stepmother like, walking down the aisle. Oh, Jesus. No, no, it's like kidding. you know how they have like dream catchers in Native American culture you have a jizz catcher i had a jizz catcher built into my custom suit it's turquoise yes with a lavender did you have a dream catcher when you were in middle school because i did i did not but i know them i just like hung it on my wall because it was one of those things that kids had i didn't believe anything instead of giving them back their land or apologizing for murdering tens of thousands of them we co-opted dream catchers that marketed (laughs) as like their culture yes yeah i remember our first dance i remember Mm. getting into the reception and And while we were in the reception, I remember our wedding planner was like, you need to 
get everybody to sit down. Like nobody will sit down. We need to Until start. Until you sit down. And you and I were just like, this is the greatest thing ever. I yeah. know everybody. Well, that's where that's where it turns into like the greatest thing ever. Is like after the nervousness. Like I was nervous like right before. I was nervous that whole morning. We went on a nice bike ride. I remember that. That was really nice. We went on a little that bike nice. ride. Yeah. We got rented these like rickety bikes out of the hotel. And we went on a little bike ride and we got a coffee. And I was already shitting my pants. So the coffee, I could only drink like a sip of coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this is a publicly released podcast okay cool yeah i was literally shitting my no i wasn't shitting my pants but i was shitting a lot i was very nervous <laughs> i'm sure a lot of people who've gotten married felt the same way So a lot of people your supposition is so, that a lot of people, lot of people who people get are married shitting a lot on the day of the morning they're they're like it's a lot more overactive fecal bowel bowelization if that's where their like anxiety lies which for me that is where it yeah. locates yeah you know and then anyway you you made it get into lies. like intense discussion of my personal bowel <laughs> issues. <laughs> Anyways, I remember that's your that's shitting. the name for your clip, by the way, is bowel issues. <laughs> no, I remember taking the bike ride and then coming back, and then all the women were in my room with like the makeup artist getting ready, and I was like, oh god, I'm so overwhelmed. Yeah, and then I remember going to the venue and still being really overwhelmed and scared. And then my friends were there, my best friends from high school. Yay! And they came and sat with me and ate saltines again because of my stomach was very rock, rock, rockety, rickety, rickety, rickety. Yes, <laughs> like a rocking chair. Rickety like a it's rocking chair. Rickety like Raggedy Ann. Yeah. By the way, was that just a metaphor that Raggedy Ann had like been around the block? No, Raggedy's like I don't know. She's Raggedy. raggedy. Ann. Yeah, she's somebody raggedy. fucked her Raggedy. No, that's not what it is. My day was a little different because you. Yeah, you after... have to like have beers with your friends and go to. The... I had to like sit with all these women. So me, yeah, I, I was watching the Texas OU game, which the Longhorns ended up holding on to with my dad and a bunch of friends, people from law school, people from college, a couple people from high school uh, in a dive bar in Williamsburg. And then I walked back with my dad and my friend Mike and we went and got cheeseburgers at the hotel. And then I went upstairs to change to our room, but all the women were in there. That sounds so nice. You're freely drinking and eating. I'll stop you there. <laughs> I'll stop you there. Because the entire week of your wedding, you're not free freely drinking or eating as a woman you're thinking about how your stomach's gonna look in that dress i was like eating a few bites of a salad that was brought to our room while i was like (laughs) having my hair blown out and i was like in hell and you're (laughs) like a bar getting cheeseburgers this is why i didn't like get hammered i just want to be clear i don't want people to think that i like no 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 but like i would have liked to be drunk enough that i was i didn't have capacity to contract yeah well trust me i brought a bottle of champagne to the room with the ladies but they're all like Oh, I'm not drinking, no. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to be the only one boozing on her wedding day. Yeah. Then I took a car to the venue and I met you there. And then we had our like first look. Which That's was when a whole... I got comfortable. When I just like... When I was finally, there. Yeah. When I was finally able to see you and we went around and took the pictures. Then I was still a little nervous before the ceremony started because I was like, let's just get this shit going. But by that time I was like, okay, everything's like ready to go. I feel good. But I want to talk about the first look again. What a bullshit thing. I has there ever been an idea more clearly conceived by women than... Oh, don't blame this on no, women. No no, 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 hold on. Hey, new groom, take a look at that dress. What do you think of that dress? How incredible no, does, no, no, your, no. does your bride you look? You mistake this. It is not the women who do this. It is the whole complex. It's Just the like complex. the military industrial complex. It is not yes. the soldier's yes. fault, okay? We are the soldiers. This is why we're still in Afghanistan. The money that's involved revolves around the woman thinking her 
dress is the most important thing about the day and how she looks in that dress and her hair and makeup and the photographer capturing him looking at her in that dress and all of the superficial shit yes. that's going on around that. Yeah. So, of course, it's played up to both of them like, this is a big deal. Yeah, I tried to do like a comic screwball take when I first saw it. I was like, what? And uh, they were like, no, sir, you, you need to tone it down. This is a camera. This is not a motion picture device. So then it's me and you hanging out. We walk around with our photographer. We take some photos. Then we go back to the venue. Then your family and my family are there and we're taking more photos with like everybody. And then your your high school gals show up. It's just kind of this very sort of relaxing thing. And then people like start to show up. So we're sort of in the back. And yeah, that's when I got antsy again. Again, yes. also, I had very little to eat all of this time. So I'm just excited for when I can eat and drink freely. For me, I was just <laughs> trying to get to the point of the day where I could eat and drink freely. And that was not going to happen until I walked down that aisle, got all the photos. Yay! Yay! And then we are man and wife and I stamp on a glass and I kiss you and bad fingers no matter what kicks in. And then we walk out and then we're in the back, just me and you. And we got a whole plate of food and mm-hmm. drinks. That's when the party started. But they were having a hard time bustling oh, your dress. Can we dress. talk about what is that? It makes it so that you're not stepping on the yes, train. You're not of the stepping dress. on the train of the dress. So they physically attach the train to yeah. the buttock area of the dress. Yep. So I didn't know what this was. I just thought these two broods were touching my new wife's ass. I said, "Whoa!" That's when you punched one of them. And I said, that's "Hey, when it got interesting." Hey. So then it started the reception portion. Then we got to experience all the speeches so that included your dad your mom your siblings and my sister mm-hmm. they were great they they, were that all was amazing. an amazing experience it's one of those moments I have to say this about weddings it's one of those moments where you realize how much you're loved and it's a really beautiful thing and you realize how like you kind of go back in time to like maybe because we got married a little older too because we have we have friends yeah. who have children and so we can sort of see it it's like you go back and see them as like they were just young people and they had these kids and then like now they're all the way at their wedding day and they're like remembering all these things about them and it's a really beautiful thing and it's one of those moments where you really are able to see from your parents perspective and I think that's why a wedding is really it is kind of for your parents and I don't regret that Mm -hmm. I remember giving big hugs to your friends from Japan I remember just coming out into the cocktail hour and being so excited to see everybody and going back into the venue and seeing how beautiful it was and just feeling like the whole night just was perfect. It was really beautiful. I think the one annoying thing I'll say is that everyone just keeps asking you, how do you feel? And you're like, (laughs) it's my wedding day. What? Uh," Like, you're just like, it's great. So I spent like a lot of the night, like what felt like a large portion of the night telling people how great I felt. I also remember you playing John Lennon's Woman for me. And I know you'd rehearsed it a lot at home, so I'd heard it before. But there was something amazing about you getting up there and playing it and you sounded great and um, I'd never felt so special having a song sung to me before a big audience before and uh, I felt really proud to be married to you.
I remember a bunch of different parts of the reception. I remember dancing to specific songs. I remember when Dancing Queen came on, I ran to the dance floor because I knew you were stoked for that. I remember dancing during the after party with you. I remember coming back to the hotel at like three in the morning. We were both pretty fucked up and you were trying to go to sleep. And I, <laughs> I was just like so wired and I was walking out on the balcony of the hotel room and just like, this is everything. Like what could be better than this? This podcast started with us having a discussion you and me chatting about things and episode 10 fittingly is going to be a podcast basically about our wedding i guess episode 20 will be about our child what do you think how long is the production cycle <laughs> uh nine months hey that's like such a movie line like nine months roll credits i feel like bricolage has grown up as have I, and we're we're gonna keep getting better. You and me, also hopefully bricolage, and we're <laughs> you, gonna keep. You, me, and our baby bricolage. <laughs> we're gonna um, we're gonna keep making we're gonna these. Name the the little kid Brick. Maybe we will. We're gonna name it Jackson with an X. <laughs> Pearl Jam's first album. I'm so excited. I'm pitching a Ten and Stimpy Ten episodes. Whoa. Have any wedding experiences of your own to share? Are you disgusted by how much time was spent analyzing one stupid weekend? Email podcastbricolage at gmail.com and tell me about it. I just want to hear your voice one more time before winter. This has been Bricolage, created and hosted by Lev. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. Theme song, sponsor song, and trivia song written by Alex Schiff. Special thanks to our wedding officiants, John and Tara, to Bevan the alarm clock voice, and to my wife as always. Creative Commons attribution credits are in the text description of each episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a good review on the internet. And if you didn't, you can go chafe your dick with a wood sander for all I care.